The psychedelic revolution is here. If you want to integrate your visionary experiences into your purpose, get clear on your entrepreneurial path and help people while you do what you love, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to The Psychedelic Entrepreneur, medicine for these times. I'm your host, Beth Weinstein. I'm a spiritual business coach, three-time entrepreneur, and a lifelong student of psychedelics and sacred plant medicine. You carry your own unique medicine, and your medicine is what we need for these times. This podcast will help you to share your medicine so you can create transformation in the world. Listen in on conversations with psychedelic leaders, change makers, and conscious entrepreneurs who are living proof that a better world is possible when you follow your heart and live in alignment with your soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Psychedelic Entrepreneur Medicine for These Times. I am Beth Weinstein. And today I have my friend and special guest, Daniel Sitaram Das Schenken. And listen in as we talk about things like psychedelic integration, having an integration coaching business, hosting Psilocybin Summit and psychedelic integration jam events. And we're we're just going to have a really fun time and a fun conversation. So Daniel, who I love, by the way, if you don't already follow him on Instagram, Tam Integration, you have to because... Daniel has the best psychedelic memes there are out there on the internet. <laughs> he always cracks me up. But um, but Daniel, you know, I don't want to read off your bio, so I'm just going to talk about what I know about you, but I would love for you to tell people a little bit more about your own journey. But I do know you founded TAM Integration, Mount TAM Psychedelic Integration in 2018, and it's a community-based organization focused on approaching psychedelic preparation and integration as a true spiritual practice. TAM Integration offers circles, meditation classes, and big events worldwide. And you can find Daniel and his work at tamintegration.com and also at sitaramdas.com. But Daniel, I want to hear about this awakening that you had that seemed to change the trajectory of your life. I'm curious, um, were there some really dark places you went to before that awakening or during it or after? And how what what happened with this? Like, what's your story to get you to where I'm you're gonna, at I'm gonna now? Have to change, I'm going to have to change my bio. That was, seems like that was so long ago. Um, <laughs> you know, I was probably 24 or 25. And, you know, I just wanted to, I had been just, you know, using, you know, LSD and mushrooms and cannabis recreationally and having a fine time of it. And then I started doing yoga practice. And when I started doing yoga practice and meditation practice, it it started to shift and it started to show me things that I needed to work on, right? Because when I started to do practice, you know, I'm reading Buddhist texts and yoga sutras and, you know, the idea of like, oh, let's, you know, become enlightened, you know, for lack of a better word, let's, let's like the idea of growing spiritually popped into my head. And then, you know, what these molecules started to do was show me what I, what was in the way of all that. And this might come as a shocker, but there was a lot. There was like a <laughs> lot in the way of me becoming a Buddha. There still is. There might even be more. I, I don't know. Um, it's hard to quantify these things. And so I would have these experiences where it would show me, you know, I mean, it, it's not, it's not unique. You know, I could make it sound like it's unique and, but you hear these stories all the time. You know, it would, it would alternative, alternately show me what it was like to be that enlightened being that I wanted to be and that ultimately I am, that we all are deep down. And then on a dime, it would switch and it would show me all of my crap that was in the way of that. <laughs> and so that got to be a bit much, you know, after a time like that was like a lot, there was a lot to work on. And if you have um, a tendency towards self-criticism, you know, internalized self-hatred, self-loathing, like that process can be really painful uh, mm -hmm. and really scary. You know, sometimes you hear people talk about how, um, you know, whatever substance it might be, um, 
is mean or it yelled at me or it was a fierce teacher or something like that. And I have a theory that part of that fierceness is actually our own internal critic. And, you know, and, you know, these things amplify what's going on inside of us in the hopes that we see it and heal it. But it's really, really hard to look at self-hatred. Like it's a really hard one to cop. We'd much rather play it out and be like, oh, if I just fixed my diet, then I would be lovable, right? If I just, you know, got my sexual behavior right, then I would be lovable, you know, uh, these kinds of things. And, you know, we're running around, you know, apologizing to people for things that they don't even know we did. But, you know, we're so pathetic in our own minds that um, we can't see that that's all in our mind. Mm-hmm. And and so working, so I've been working on that for the past 20 years <laughs> to bring us up <laughs> to the that. present moment, you know, <laughs> just, you know, I've been trying to like figure out how to uh, to deal with that for the past 20 years and to ultimately you know, realizing that my liberation is bound up in yours and my liberation is bound up in everybody else's. And so, you know, from being a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and a body worker, you know, I've sort of turned into this coach, you know, that that uses like my deep intuitive nature and my understanding of Buddhist psychology and somatics uh, to just, you know, help people get past the place where they're just getting their ass kicked by their own shadow. And sometimes I do that, you know, sometimes I do that for people who are using plant medicines and sometimes they're not. I love it. This is great. So then, um, yeah, no, thanks for sharing. And actually I want to ask a little bit more about that because this is a pressing question I have around this, um, understanding of what is real versus not within a psychedelic experience. And I'm curious, you know, now you've become a psychedelic integration coach. I know you also work with a lot of other coaches and help kind of train them and and, um, have them understand meditation and and sitting for psychonauts and holding the space. Um, Is this something that comes up a lot with people? Because I know it's come up with me exactly as you said you know, you get beaten up and you you think like, oh, that was just a really bad experience. But, you know, or maybe you get downloads telling you to quit your job and go change your whole life and divorce your husband. And then, but then you come out of it and you don't even know what's real or what's not real. I mean, is this something that you see a lot as a psychedelic integration coach? I mean, is this a common occurrence? Like seven questions in there, you know that, right? I know, it is, it is. <laughs> One of the things that I want to say is that as far as integration goes, is our visions rarely survive first contact with reality. <laughs> right? I'll say that again for That's those a good of line, you in the yeah. back. Uh, your visions, your psychedelic visions, rarely survive first contact with reality. And so integration kind of becomes the art of the possible. And what can I actually do? And how can I make these changes without, excuse me, perhaps nuking my whole life? You know, and what we see a lot of the times is that people have very natural and healthy needs, and people have not allowed themselves to have healthy and natural needs. They've been repressing them for decades. And so then they come back with a vengeance. And so somebody says, you know, I just want to quit my job and play guitar all day. It's like, okay, so what you're telling me is you need a deeper connection to your creativity. That's healthy and natural to want a deeper connection to your creativity. Um, How often are you playing guitar now? Oh, I haven't touched it in years. Mm. It's like, well, maybe go change the strings. Before you quit your job, go buy a new, see if you can get yourself to the store, buy a new pair of strings and see if you can play it every day for a week. Mm. Shouldn't be that hard if you're that dedicated to it that you want to quit your job and do it all day. You should be able to do it for an hour every day. Mm -hmm. And let's, and then come back to me in a week and tell me how you feel. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. 
And if it, it turns out, you know, the person could be brilliant and fantastic and can make a life from playing guitar. I don't know. But, you know, let's not put the cart before the horse. Exactly. No, that's that's a good and good story, a good analogy. Um, I, I have seen this happen in so many aspects of business and career as well, because, you know, that's what I help my clients with, where I always say, look, don't quit your job. Just take baby steps, you know, make the transition. This is the, the word integration is not about pulverize, you know, it's tiny little steps integrate it into your life instead of, you know, burn it all mm -hmm. to the ground, which of course, we've seen people burn it all to the ground, too. That happens. And sometimes it happens without us even wanting it to happen. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm curious, you know, in the work that you do with clients, you know, is this something when you said disconnected to whatever it is, you know, disconnected to our creativity or disconnected to, you know, our bodies or whatever? I mean, are you finding that this is a common occurrence of being disconnected in general? Um, it seems that the world today you know, maybe this is my own personal projection, but, you know, especially with people, more and more people turning to psychedelics every day, they're, they're looking for, you know, this easy answer or like fix this or cure that. But in reality, maybe it is actually this deeper level disconnection to something. Is this something that you see come up a lot, especially lately, the last couple of years? I, I feel like people who are, well, I mean, I don't know the past couple of years. I mean, I've been doing, you know, I've, I've been working with people who are struggling with the minutia of their lives for, you know, the past two decades. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people who are looking are more likely to find things, right? Because as we noted before, none of us are the Buddha. And so we have stuff to work on. And one of my mentors once told me, that I have a depth bias. Hmm. And are you familiar with this term? No, no, tell me. It means that if you're coming to me because you want me to hold your hand while you reorganize your closet and do Marie Kondo, like, I'm not good at that. Like, hmm. if you, uh, you know, if you want to, like, deep, it pull, reach into your guts and pull out demons and, like, brush them off and let them fly and turn into angels, like... That's what I want to do. And so I get those people. I get people who want to work. Mm. And maybe disconnection is a good word to describe that sometimes, and maybe repression, or maybe um, who knows. But that's that's who I get because that's what I'm looking you know, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. And really, you don't have to look hard. You know, people, you know, if you you hold space right, people would just give it to you. They want to be seen, you know, we want to be seen desperately. So that's another part of our culture, right? And, uh, you know, this world, this late capitalism, late stage capitalism thing that we're trying to survive is that people aren't seen as humans, mm -hmm. right? They're, you know, they've been commodi commodified within an inch of their lives, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes literally. And so you just like hang out with somebody and love them and, and it and it pours out. Mm. Let's talk more about holding that space. And by the way, I love I love that you're uh, in, into the depth and you are attracting the kind of clients that are willing to go deep because, um, you know, I do feel that this is what's needed right now on a level that we can't even describe is to go really deep into your inner self and not, mm -hmm. you know, not so much outward. I see a lot of people projecting to the external right now, you know, blaming everything, blaming this, 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 but like, what about inside? Um, and I'm curious, you know, you said like, I attract the people that want to, that are willing to do the work. I'm curious, do you see, because, you know, again, this this whole conversation around like the psychedelics and the popularity and, and now um, a deeper level conversation about integration. Do you see a lot of people who are not willing to do that work? Like who are like, well, wait, they I get thought. filtered out. Huh? They get filtered out. Filtered out? Yeah, they're like. They don't oh, make it through, you know, they don't make it through the discovery calls. Ah, there you go. You know, I, I had a guy once who wanted to. <laughs> offered me four figures just to like, quote unquote, research where the ayahuasca circles were in Los Angeles. 
Oh my god. I was like, I don't do that. I, I mean, I know where they are. Yeah, exactly. I just don't. It's not. I don't. Just, I. I. I only. I do what I do. I, I don't. I'm not. Mm. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. It, yeah. it just felt weird. It was just freaking weird. Mm. You know what I mean? And you know, I could have come up with something to do with that money and all, but like, I don't. I don't. I don't need the headache. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Okay, that's a good one. And then I'm curious. You know, um, because you do a lot of the integration coaching and you do it on this deep level. Can you tell any stories, of course, protecting anonymity and privacy, but what is maybe a, your deepest, darkest story with a client? Like, have you had a client on the verge of whatever it is, like total life implosion or suicide or, you know, just yes, complete yes. and total break? Yes, everything. Yes. <laughs> What's your process to help people through all that? Oh, you know, just uh, just kind of love them. Hmm. And I mean, sure, there's like little tricks. You know, you pick up tricks, and this one is, you know, this one is like a somatic Peter Levine trick, and this is an NLP trick, and this is something that came from some yoga teacher I studied with 15 years ago. And so I've got like little processes, um, but they are... Um, they're just the water that the tea floats in. Mm. you know and so it's yeah I mean you, you just see see who's in front of you and do do and well do nothing really do really as little as possible and you know just just continue to let it emerge and point towards empathy and compassion I, it's just, it's fascinating to me sometimes sitting with people and being like, oh, this is all just a lack of compassion, this issue. You know, that's like the answer. And they don't even know the word. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of, you know, about like the six realms in Buddhism? Mm -hmm. Like the, you know, there's the human realm and the hell realm, and the animal realm, and the hungry ghosts. The thing about like the hungry ghosts is that some of those beings are living in a place they're like so hungry that they're living in a place where they haven't even heard the word food for a hundred years. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine? Mm. And so it's like, imagine if like the, the, the concept of compassion to of love or, you know, self-love or devotion or empathy, you know, hasn't even been, you haven't even been in an environment where like those are things mm -hmm. and you're dissatisfied with your life and everything is like, you know, that's the thing with the hungry ghost. Like everything, if they do find something that appears to be food, it turns into, into dust, sawdust in their mouth. Mm. And so we're, so many of us are living in this world and we're grasping for things and then it turns to dust in our mouth. You know, these stupid things that we buy and, and that's even like, in the pandemic, you know, people's coping strategies is like, you know, folks who um, folks who have money, you know, are sometimes buying stuff um, to fill a void or something like that, and and it turns and it's not satisfying. No. Go figure. Yeah. You know, shock shocker, and there is not real. There's no hope in the material world. You know, if if you lack that other stuff. If there's no empathy, love, compassion, devotion, you know, selflessness, service orientation, then like you're gonna be bummed. Yeah, and this this could also go for looking for that grasping for that psychedelic experience to fix everything too, right? Yeah. Because I see a lot of that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, and well the thing is is that um Fortunately, psychedelics do have a tendency to jumpstart the heart. You know, they're like, oh my God, I feel so connected. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the truth comes uh, out. <laughs> I feel so connected. That's what I was looking for all this time. I, I, I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that's awesome. That's awesome. And then they see, you know, a path. You know, do they walk it? <laughs> 
do they walk the path? Mm. You know, Ramdas would say, you know, taking LSD was like having a helicopter tour of the top of the mountain. But then it brings you back down and you have to climb it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I might go so far to say as it it takes you to the top of the mountain and then pushes you out. And then you start <laughs> rolling down unless you unless you do something. Mm. Right? And so what's it like to like walk a path of releasing fear? Mm. <laughs> it's a pretty deep and and a mm. tough path for the human mind, but it is possible. But let's talk more about well, the that. Mind, but my, fortunately, the mind's not required. Yeah, well, that's true, right? <laughs> it's the best thing if you don't have a mind. <laughs> Lobotomy. <laughs> well, I mean, you need it for like making sandwiches and stuff, you know, but... <laughs> For showing up to a podcast interview on time. Totally. I made a joke the other day to my, um, I don't know. I have these, these, I have this woman who's kind of like a therapist, but not, I don't even know what to call her. Um, but I was like, Oh my you know, God, is she your I'm... shaman? No, no, she's definitely not my shaman. I'll be she's your shaman. Like, she's like my therapist. who's not an actual therapist, but <clears throat> is better than any therapist I've ever worked with. But I said something about maybe a lobotomy would just be the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, is that why I used to do that? Um, but let me, I, let's talk about something because you had mentioned not doing anything. And of course, this deep path of finding your own self-love and self-compassion, which I know is, has been my own personal biggest challenge with integration and with everything, you know, day-to-day life to find that deeper level of going inward, going into myself and and finding that compassion. And I know like the first time this came to me many, many years ago, it was like, what? What do you mean compassion for myself? Like, I don't even get that. It was totally foreign. But when you say do nothing, um, and then, you know, I want to ask you about this, this whole path of being a psychedelic integration coach as more and more people every day are joining training programs or coaching programs or very deep on this. I really need to. I really huh? need to buff mine up. <laughs> buff your, buff, my buff my what? programs. My program needs more <laughs> more weeks and hours and. <laughs> no, well, let's talk signs. about this. So, well, with all the people and dollar signs too, right? But with all the people that want to go into this, but then the key is to actually do nothing. You know, um, what is psychedelic integration all about? You know, like, and, and what do we or what do you think that this career path being a coach is going to be about you know like is there even a path yeah is there even a path well sure but it's the path we just talked about the path yeah right it's the path that was revealed to the person in their journey and it's that path right right and then we have that destination so we have this outcome that we want to see that you know we had this vision and then that outcome doesn't survive contact with reality, right? In the way that we thought it was going to, because life is complex and, you know, we were, pro- we were probably wrong about a couple of things and we don't understand how the world works and we don't necessarily have all the skills to do the things that we want to do and we have to figure out what those are. And then we have to kind of navigate um, the world from a place of the heart. And it's kind of good to have somebody there for that. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of training to be able to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, let's talk in about a way that. That's, in a way yeah. that's useful. In a way that's useful. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a way to do nothing that's not useful to anybody. I mean, do you feel that people who want to be psychedelic integration coaches or even space holders or facilitators, I mean, do you... What is your view on the needing training, like, or on any training? Like, what do you feel that the the training should be? Well, most people, I you know, where I don't know where people are at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, training can mean a lot of things, and. When I kind of shifted from being a yoga and meditation teacher to a coach, so I come from a lineage where we train. Like, it's a big deal to train. I don't like, I will go out, and I, I, I do want to say I don't like school. Like, school never really 
did all that much for me. Um, school didn't care about me and school didn't grow me in too many ways. I mean, there's probably some critical thinking that I learned in a science class at some point, And there's probably some culture that I picked up, you know, um, and that sort of thing. But when I was done with my BA, I was done and I went into yoga teacher training. Mm. And then I just did as many of those as I could get my hands on because those made sense to me. These sort of like in the kind of trenches, um, you know, it's like, can a yoga teacher be a yoga teacher without training? Maybe. I don't know. Um, the yoga teachers that I like the best have dedicated themselves. Why wouldn't you want it? So here's a question. Why wouldn't you want training? If you don't want training, what's the matter with you? Like, are you lazy or are you arrogant? Right? So that's the real question. Um, the Why would you study? Do you want to study with a yoga teacher that hasn't had any training? Or do you want to, you know, work with somebody who has the dedication and the discipline to place themselves at somebody's feet and humble themselves enough to learn something that's been passed down for a while? Mm -hmm. Right? And to practice. And to practice under the watchful eye of somebody who um, it cares about their development. You're going to care about somebody else's development. You don't even care about yours. You're not going to place yourself at the feet of somebody who's going to support you. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's no wisdom there. Mm. Um, so there's that. And the thing is, is that there are methodologies that work better than others. Um, mm -hmm. Like I have, now the thing is, is I, I don't, I, I, you know, I've had some experiences and I'm, I have a certain facility with stuff, right? You know, it's like I've been, I've had initiatory experiences and what they call initiatory experiences are now called downloads, <laughs> I guess. So I've had these things that have happened to me that have given me insight into how things work. Um, you know, I started to be able to, you know, move energy around, um, and, you know, disentangle energy 20 years ago. Mm. I'm training with the guy right now. And last week he showed me a methodology that allows me to do that with surgical precision, mm. right? That I did not know how to do before. And I was like, oh, this is the stuff that, this is why my results were only that good before. <laughs> and now my results can be much better because of what this guy showed me. Mm. And he's not cheap. Yeah. And he didn't promise me that. Like that was not one of the sales points. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to give you surgical precision in the way to disentangle traumatic energy from somebody's auric field. Mm. Was not, if he had said that in on his website, I would have thought he was a yo-yo. Yeah, yeah. But that's what happened. And also, I don't trade on that either. Mm. Like, I don't, that's not, not necessarily what I'm telling people either. Mm. But, you know, but that's part of you know, the shadow and the unloved parts of ourselves is there's um, energy and maybe it's thought forms or whatever it is. Um, but we, the way we relate to our subconscious, we, you know, we're all just trying to relate to our subconscious as best we can, mm. you know, when it comes to the shadowy stuff. And so we have to use metaphor and visual, you know, and, and symbols because that's mm -hmm. the way the, the subconscious speaks to us. And so we end up using a lot of weirdo language because we're, because we're weirdos, you know, our subconscious, our unconscious subconscious. So somebody um, tried to argue with me that there was no such thing as the subconscious. There was only the unconscious and Freud only said that. And I Wikipedia, it was wrong. Freud used them pretty interchangeably for a while and then sort of settled on one. And I forget which one and I don't really care, but um <laughs> But it's it's a it's tricky to play around in there and to you know do it with skill, and to you know give people the space to, you know pull some of the muck out and bring some of that darkness into the light and to, 
um, even just get more comfortable being in the darkness. Mm. And sometimes that, that means we use weird language. Yeah, no, I I agree what you said about the training. I mean, I always say, look, I am constantly training. Whether I get a certificate at the end or not doesn't really make a difference to me. I'm constantly learning and growing and working with new people and expanding. Um, and, and I agree. I mean, I agree. If you're not going to hone in on your skills and constantly be doing your own work on yourself to then show up in service on a deeper, better level for your clients, what's the point? But I'm curious, you know, what your take is on these psychedelic integration coaching training programs. Like, do you feel that someone needs to go through a particular program or they just need to have their own experience? Or what about the people who maybe have done psychedelics five times, but then they go into a training program and want to become a psychedelic facilitator? Then what? I know that guy. I know that guy. He's nice. <laughs> um, I know a couple of those guys. They're nice yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, what do I think about all of that? I don't, I don't know. It's none of my business. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really none of my business. I don't know what people need to do. Mm. Um, I mean, my training has been, there wasn't a synthesis training when I started doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I found the highest quality coaching training that I could get my hands on that, you know, re- was relatable for me. And I didn't even know that I was going to be doing so much psychedelic work. You know, I, I trained with Doug Silsby, may he rest in peace. And, mm. you know, it was it was a, you know, a ICF certified thing that focused a lot on somatics and mindfulness. And this is the other thing is I, I needed more methodology, mm. you know, for like how to hold space and structure coaching work. Um, because... My raw, you know, like like I said, my raw materials. I'm I'm confident in my raw materials, but I needed a little structure, mm. and so I went for structure, and I and I got a, some really good models to work with people within, and these models work for um, CTOs of cryptocurrency companies, you know, and they they work for lawyers and they you know who want to be better this and they work for artists who are making their way in the world and they work for people who are coming back to psychedelics after having not done them since the 70s Mm. and you know mixed with the other stuff i bring to the table but you know there wasn't a a synthesis training Mm. and synthesis let's see i say it because actually that seems like a cool one um, I have a friend, student, colleague um, who's, I believe, going to do that. She's in Europe, and she's going to be doing that training. She's super excited about it, mm. and I think it's great. Um, awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, and I agree that um, there's there's a lot more to it, and I personally haven't done one of these training programs, so I can't even speak to it. And I agree to each their own. Who's to say who's right or wrong for someone, you know, like my teacher might be great for me, but might be not understandable for someone else. You know, like I work with someone who I really resonate with, but someone else might not like her, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think in the end, it all comes back to, you know, what I keep talking about with my clients, your unique medicine, you know, it's like, what makes you, you and what, you know, where's your resonation for, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, like, I don't even attract the people that want to do this, or I filter them out. And it's like, yeah, in the end, I believe there's, there's someone for everybody in some way, you know, that the planet, 8 billion people, it's quite big. And Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's enough to go around for everybody. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, huh? Don't misunderstand me. There are a lot of bad coaches out there. Well, yeah, that's that's very true too. And there's a lot of and bad are... coaches with many certifications making mm-hmm. I I mean, I I train I had a coach about 5 or 6 years ago who says she's making eight figures, you know, she's a multi-million dollar coach, she's famous, she's out there running ads. She was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. she was good at certain things, but was she a good coach? No. She was great at helping me grow my business in a certain direction. 
but you know, and I agree, there's definitely a lot of bad coaches and there's a lot of bad coaches with 25 different certifications. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I don't think they're even connected. Um, I, I would say just listen to your intuition and do the screening process and feel into what feels really good to you. And if you're getting what you want out of it. Um, I'm just curious, you know, let's talk a little bit more about your business and how you've accidentally become an, in, a psychedelic integration coach or, um, you know, oops, <laughs> like me. I'm like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Um, but you, you know, you lead circles that I think are donation based or yes. no. Yes. Donation based yes. circles. You do one on one. And, coaching. The, do and the donation link is broken right now. So <gasps> no, <laughs> yes, got to get that fixed. <laughs> It's so low on my list of priorities to collect $10, $5, dollars, $20 from people for integration circle. Yeah, well, let's talk more about, you know, how this all came about and what it is that you have done to build your business. And then, of course, then there's the Instagram memes. Um, but let's talk about this because um, I know you do this uh, the psilocybin summit. You have the psychedelic integration jam that had just passed last weekend. It was or the so week fun. Before. So you good. You were so great. Yes, my costume was the best, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, tell me a little bit more about how you've gotten clients and grown your business over the years. I don't know. I don't have any idea. Um, <laughs> I showed up consistently for the past 20 years. Mm. Um, there is a lot that goes into kind of creating a business that takes time to learn. And, you know, it, it requires a certain amount of experience. And so there's that. But, um, you know, I was, I was coaching and I was doing okay. You know, I had an okay coaching business and um, it was doing what it did. And I just wanted integration circles, hmm. right? There weren't any in Marin. There were some in Berkeley and they didn't happen enough for my liking. And I didn't always want to drive to Berkeley. And so I you know, told one of my friends, I was like, you know, I'm going to like rent that community acupuncture studio and have integration circles in there. I'm going to make a Facebook event. And my friend says, you need a brand. It was like, you need, you need a, an organization. And this is, it was, it was Mike Margulies, um, <laughs> who is really into psychedelic societies and has been kind of instrumental in the creation of many psychedelic societies. Um, and he was like, you need like a psychedelic society kind of thing. And I was like, I don't want that at all. I was like, that that is not what I'm looking for. I just want to have integration circles. And I was like, yeah, but it has to be like the Dan Shank and integration circles. So I was like, well, it's definitely not going to be that. <laughs> And so I just settled on TAM integration. TAM is the mountain in Marin. You know, our logo is a mountain inside an Ouroboros. And so, you know, against my better judgment, I bought the domain name and created the Facebook page, the Instagram page, which is apparently kind of all you need to start a business these days, right? Yeah. So you need the, you know, a couple of, couple of social accounts and a good domain name. And I think if I... I I, I was I was due for a new LLC anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I'd been on the back burner um, to get a new LLC, and it's probably almost ready for an S corp, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and I need to, you know, if you got somebody who can talk to me about that, I'm I'm, I'm in the market. Oh, um, <laughs> and so I just started having these circles, and they were. Cool. And, you know, and it, and it was important to me that they were donation based, that there was, it was, that it wasn't a money thing at all. Um, and I just had a basket, you know, stupid little wicker basket. Or actually, I didn't even, I, I, I used a basket the first time, but then I used, where, where is it? For those of us who are. 
this was like my little integration <laughs> um, circle in a box. Oh. This she, for those of you who are listening, it's it's one it's a lunchbox with Shiva on it. It's a little Shiva Nataraj, Sada Shiva lunchbox. And a friend of mine gave it to me. So funny. I was thinking of you. I saw this. I thought of you. I got it. And I made a couple little flyers and I had a sign in sheet and I, you know, had a stick of Palo Santo and a couple of crystals and um, a Shipibo, uh, you know, cloth that I folded up and went in there. And, and we did our circles. And and then people started coming to me. You know, they were already sort of, I was already talking about psychedelics with people, but then they wanted to talk about it more. And then people from the integration circle wanted to talk, you know, and get coached. And, mm. you know, surprisingly enough, not really surprisingly, is that they would come and talk about psychedelics for the first three sessions mm. and then by that point we're off to the races on like what they're really trying to create for their life and what is really holding them back right the mm. you know it's, it's psychedelic assisted coaching right it's like integration you know we're integrating the disparate parts of oneself and and then michael poland's book hit <laughs> and i started having integration circles with like 40 people, 30, 40 people in them. Wow. We had to break up, you know, we'd have to break up into two rooms. And it was, they were still too big. And me, I was so silly. This is a thing that if, if people are looking for business advice, which I don't think you should talk to me about that. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, talk to me about that. <laughs> um I started to believe my own press. Like I was like, "Oh, I'm doing something great here." I thought it was. I thought it was me for a second, but you know, I was like, "No, Michael <laughs> Pollan's book hit the market, and people were curious, and they came out for a while, and then they stopped." And then I was like, "Oh, I did something wrong." So I was making because that's what the mind does. Is one of the things that why people are so sick of their ego and want to kill the thing because it just makes everything about ourselves, and that's mm -hmm. exhausting. But the, the business is built on service and giving and goodwill. You know, the other things like, you know, my training programs and my conferences and all of those things um, are built on this, this community of 15, 18 people. You know, as I, I get, you know, a thousand people plus might register for a conference, you know, and, you know, my training programs, I've, you know, I've had a couple hundred people come through there at this point, maybe uh, almost 200, maybe. And, but there's like less than 20 people who come to integration circle every week hmm. regularly and show up for each other. The thing about the integration circle that I love is that it is it's not about me yeah. i just like unlock the door and then these people come in who at one point not too long ago did not know each other mm. right there was a there was a time when me and you didn't know each other it's hard yeah. to believe i know <laughs> right but so these people who were once strangers are now like best friends like they're hanging out like like they went, two people from different parts of the country went to Meow Wolf together. <gasps> what? Oh, you know, man. like they're hanging. People are this. like, <laughs> like people are hanging out and make and like making like deep friendships. I have a post-it note here. Like, know what we do? This is a post-it note. I'm not going to show you the name on it, but um, someone's going into a ceremony on Monday. Mm. And mm. so everybody, that's one of the things we do in the circles. Who has a ceremony coming up? They mark it on their calendar. And they sing and chant and light candles for each other. I need to start coming to this. Like wow. from around the world. I got a guy from Bulgaria who like stays up till four. <laughs> just to tell people that he loves them and he supports them. And to get this, you know, to get the same back. God, amazing. And so it's like, 
if I, did, you know, if, if I didn't show up, all that would have to happen is somebody else would say, hey, let's raise our hands and agree to anonymity. Mm. You know, it's like the cool thing is it's this web where everybody gets value and support from everybody else and it doesn't mm. run through me. Yeah. You know? And, That's the key uh, to this kind of business, though, is it can never be about you. I mean, that that takes a lot of people years to learn, but it's not about right. you. It's it's the service. Well, I come from the yoga background, too. And a lot of the things that are happening in the psychedelic community was hap happened in the yoga world 10 years ago. Mm. You know, the sex scandals and the guru worship and, you know, all of that nonsense and bad behavior um, you know, the patents stuff, nice. you know, the stuff Compass is doing, you know, Bikram did that 20 years ago, <laughs> That's you true. know, and so, I mean, I knew that, and that's part of the reason I moved from yoga teaching to coaching in the first place is because the guru models played out, you know, I mean, I, you know, Maharaji's in the back corner there. Mm -hmm. And I love Maharaji, and I would tell you he's my guru and stuff like that. But he's out. But you know, um, but also he's not in his body, and my conversations with him take place like on a meditation cushion, and nothing that he asks me to do is outside my own value system. Mm -hmm. Right? There's no. I, I'm not being um, um, manipulated there, unless if I am, it's by my own head. Um, my meditation teacher um, in the lineage of Nityananda wants nothing from me. You know, I've worked real. You know, I've worked real. I'm I'm skeptical. You know, I've been. I'm I'm, I'm getting old. There's gray in my beard. There's gray in my hair. Um, I've been, you know, manipulated and gaslighted by spiritual teachers mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. I'm skeptical of this kind of stuff. I have found a guy who wants nothing from me. Mm. Um, I can barely get him to answer my emails if I have a question about meditation. You know what I mean? Like he's not, like, I offered to help him, you know, tighten up his website a little bit. He wouldn't let me. Aww. Right. He won't, he doesn't want, there's no money yeah. involved. Sometimes when, you know, when we would meet in person, we would have a potluck. And, it's really, it was really refreshing. I know he, you know, he won't always answer my emails, but I know he, he loves me. Like it's mm. obvious when I see him as obvious when he, when we hug, but there's like no manipulation there, mm. you know, which is nice. He's handled his business, Yeah, you know, it's handled. Yeah. Just come and do the practice, do the practice is what's important. And, and integration circle is, is a, is a practice. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's less and less um, a support group, you know, like like a support group and like like oh woe is me kind of thing. Like it's not a woe is me support group. It's it's a meditation community. Mm. God, I love and, this. Yeah, and we don't wow. know what integration circles like. People mistake integration for integration circles. Mm. Just basically, mm. just a bunch of people sitting in a circle telling their stories, and. Um, we don't know what integration is all the way yet. Mm. This is a new kind of thing. And there are people who will, you know, they have models and, you know, you need sort of a model and a structure if you're going to sell an, an expensive course. Um, you know, people expect a syllabus and a manual. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but we're still discovering what it is. We're discovering it together. I went mm -hmm. to a, an integration circle not too long ago. We're only one guy, the leader of the integration circle was the only one who gave feedback. People told hmm. their story and then he responded to each person. Nah, that doesn't sound like a circle. It, it was, that sounds it was like weird. A, a line. Yeah, it's kind of like that. He's a nice enough guy. I don't know what, what the, I didn't know what the hell I had walked into. <clears throat> um, but he sort of runs his own. He's, he, I think, yeah, he's, he's kind of running an ayahuasca church. Hmm. And. Yeah, he's he's yeah. up on a he's he's up on a pedestal a little bit, which is cool, I guess. I mean, the people seemed happy. Um, I, it was it wasn't the love fest that we have. 
<laughs> it's also not not a circle. That's mm-hmm. by definition, that's not a circle. That's a a line back and forth. Um, yeah. No, thank you for clarifying this. And your circle sounds amazing. Now, I had a question because I've I've had clients struggle with this, and this is something I preach to my clients constantly about them growing their business. When I asked you about your business and you said, look, I've been showing up consistently for 20 years. I'm curious, Mm -hmm. you know, when you started showing up around psychedelics and the integration circle, were you, did you have any of that fear in you? And this was, you know, a while back before it is what it is today, but where the fear of psychedelics, you know, like, um, what will people think? And this is illegal. And here I am running circles, even though, you know, you're not giving them out. But was there any of that, that conversation stopping you from putting yourself out there in the psychedelic space? I've been doing weird stuff for a long time. <laughs> you're just um, used to it. I'm, I'm used, I'm, I'm used to it. I mean, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that sometimes it doesn't stop me mm-hmm. um i don't really talk about it a lot in front of my parents they don't like it hmm. um but that's different but this isn't like like we are trying to we're like on a like on a larger scale like we haven't even, we haven't talked about the drug war hmm like we're trying to end the drug war. You know, we're trying to dismantle oppressive systems of control that are poisoning the planet and the people who live it, live on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't expect psychedelics to do that all single-handedly, but you know, they can inspire some people to do some of that work in a big way. And so this is not like strawberry shortcake fairy princess fantasy land. Like, we're doing real stuff. And if you don't have the stomach to do real stuff, then do something else. Mm. That's all. And that's, yeah. there's no shame in that either. I wouldn't wish what I do on anybody. <laughs> if I was constitutionally suited to employment, I'd probably be happier. Mm. You think? <laughs> If I was constitutionally suited to employment, I don't know, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not. And it's fascinating that, you know. And this is there's magic here. So we're we're making magic, right? We're we're creating stuff out of nothing. We're and and we're sort of also just doing whatever we want. I'm just making this stuff up as I go along. And yeah, I, I have, you know, I. I done some business coaching and i've had some training and like all that kind of in that level too Mm -hmm. um but that's in service to me just doing what i want i am a mentor i work with ssdp students for sensible drug policy they're also Mm -hmm. trying to end the drug war and they have a mentorship program and vil marie asked me if i would do mentor a group of kids she'd give me like four or four guys four people and um, show them how to throw throw events. Mm. Maybe throw some panels, maybe throw some conversations or speakers or whatever. And college kids, brilliant, smarter than me probably, you know, like double majors in like neuroscience and biology and, you know, that kind of, you know, uh, you know bright, 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 bright young people. And... And I'm talking to them about this and they're like, well, you know, what are the event? What are we going to do? And I would, cause there's like this whole list of mentors and the the mentors are some very, I'm in very August company. Like there's some, also some very brilliant um, respected people in this list and they're all in this Slack channel and they're all introducing themselves. And so we have like a big pool of potential people just to participate. And I was like, well, you can, you could do whatever you want. And they were looked at me blank. They were oh, like, no. what do you mean I can do whatever I want? And I, they were like, well, what if, you know, I was like, well, like anything that gets you like super excited and super fired up 
and super turned on. And when I said turned on, a couple of them giggled, you know, because again, they're still tw- they're 20. They're like, hee hee. Yeah, I was like, whatever turns you on is like, do that. Like, if you want to talk to, if you are passionate about contraindicate, like, like mental health issues mm-hmm. that contraindicate uh, for different psychedelic medicines, like, yeah, we can do that. Like, like I don't, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm oh, just here to help you. I'm just here to show you how to do it. But you get to pick what you're passionate about and then run with that and... I realized I was looking at a couple of kids who nobody had really told them that before. Mm. And it happens to me in coaching all the time that people who have just been doing what they've been told their whole life, and then they realize they take, they take some sort of molecule and they realize that like all of their decisions have been, their whole life have been arbitrary. It's like, oh, I was just, why did I do that? I don't even know. Like, and then they get, you know, you can, people get into weird spaces. It's like, well, maybe I don't, why am I even breathing? Mm. Maybe I don't even want to breathe anymore. Who told me that? And then they realize, they're like, okay, that one I got to do. Um, but having people step into like their values, you know, like, like, and moving from a place, like if you tune into what your values are, you'll always know what to do. Hmm. You just come from a place of your values. It's like you know what to do. Like you asked me, do you know? Like it, it came up when you asked me, do people need trainings? So why wouldn't you want one? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, and so, yeah. so I don't remember what you asked me, but my answer is, uh, just figure out what you want to do and figure out how to pull it off. <laughs> And do no, it I love a place that answer. Value. Yeah, it was it was about showing up consistently. I, I, you know, the reason why I ask is I have a lot of clients who are, you know, it doesn't even matter if they're on the psychedelic path or doing work in psychedelics. People are afraid to put themselves out there, and even when they do, then it becomes hard to do it consistently. Um, you know, I've seen people get results from showing up not consistently. But the people who really get the results in their business show up constantly, you know, consistent, regardless of any fears or doubts or whatever stories might be running in their head about like, who am I to do this? Or, you know, I have a lot of clients that come to me with imposter syndrome. You know, I'm not good enough yet. It's like, well, I don't know. Is there anyone on this earth good enough yet? Like we're all doing our best, right? I'm good enough yet. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Like there, that's the thing. But there's this mental, um, there's this, there's this belief that you have to be perfect first, which, you know, it's like, well, who's yeah. to say who's good enough? You know, like what, there's only one coach available on this planet and that is, you know, the most enlightened person there is alive. And I don't know who that might be. You know, it's like, well, well how is that person even paying their rent? <laughs> I'm serious. Like if you're, you know, it's, if it's coach or starve, (laughs) if it's like succeed at your business or starve, you know, let's let's see how you do. (laughs) You know? I don't know. I mean, I mean, seriously, it's Mm -hmm. like, do people, people have this kind of luxury of lollygagging around you know, or they're just hanging out. They're hanging out at their job, mm, right? No. You know, they they perhaps they're more constitutionally suited to employment. <laughs> and you want to do something else? That's cool. But like, there are there are realities in in this world. And when I started, mm. I was a yoga. You know, I was twenty five, twenty four years old. I think my rent was four hundred bucks. Um, basement apartment underneath my friend's mom's house and I was teaching you know 15 yoga classes a week for between 30 and 50 bucks and had a couple of privates here and there and I eked by for a while mm-hmm. I can't I couldn't do that today yeah starve yeah <laughs> and you know, that's, that's a good that's a fun that's a fun way to be 24 um, it's not a fun way to be 45. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, the, these, 
um, imposter syndrome at some point becomes a luxury. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, write that one down. Tell your people. Yeah, I am writing it down. Tell them I said it. I'm quoting you on that. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if like, you know, I, I don't know if people are like, just rocking their parents like black card. I've always wondered that too. I'm like, how do I, but you know, the reality is there's people that are really scraping by or right Mm -hmm. now there's a lot of people who are, um, depending on the government aid, which, you know, we all know is Mm -hmm. not permanent and I wouldn't trust in that. (laughs) Like that's not a way to really live fully forever. Um, I mean, I guess, Someone mm-hmm. can figure out how to do that. I, I, you know, many, many years ago, I was on employment for a while and I did my best to get right off of it. You know, it was like, first of all, it's not that much money, even though today, I guess it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's a lot more than it used to be, but I agree. Um, yeah. And, and I've I had always, bad years. Yeah. I've had oh, bad course. years where I haven't shown up. I've had bad days. I've had bad years. Yeah. You know. Definitely. You know, um, yeah. So, you know, sometimes people are hitting a rough patch and I and I get it, but hopefully that just like inspires you to figure more stuff out. Mm, yeah. And, you know, maybe psychedelics can help with that, like knock some of that stuff loose and mm. give you some kind of passion. But like, you know, I just I question you know, are people finding a thing that they can't not do? Mm-hmm. Like I got a phone. Like I've got an event in eight days. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna make a phone call after this and try and add another person. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop. And he's a friend, and he's great, and like I want him to be there. And we've been playing phone tag for the past three weeks, but um, yeah. But I can't stop. Yeah, you're passionate. And. You know, it's like people just need to find what's more interesting to them than television. God, people still watching those things? People, I mean, I watch television. I like, I, I, I am really stoked for the new episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Where have I I'm been? I don't know. Marvel Cinematic Universe ride or die, I, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, that's, I'm, I, I'm winding down to that. Yeah. Um, but you know, my point is, is like, if you don't find something that you're more passionate about than television, you'll watch television. Yeah, exactly. Well, Daniel, speaking of events, um, let's just, uh, let's hear about what is up for you in your business. You know, what are your current offerings? What's upcoming? Tell people where to find you. I have a TAM integration. Um, Mm Um, on all the socials, um, you uh, you know you mentioned my psychedelic memes. Um, if you go to psychedelicnft.xyz, you oh, can God. buy my memes as NFTs. No way. On the Tezos market here and now, yeah, no, they're not expensive. Don't. You know, okay, they're like, like don't give me any like, of these yet. Start at like six to twelve dollars, oh, but it God. supports the circle and they're fun. You know, so good. Um, but if you go to tamintegration.com, there is a, a new sitting for psychonauts coming up and mm. there's a level two coming out. So level one is level one was designed as how to be your own best trip sitter, like using like how to get your mindset together. Mm. Um, you know, everybody. Yeah. And so like using meditative principles to like really prepare yourself for the journey. And one of the things that I realized is that after a few iterations, you know, people really wanted a few tools to sit for other people. And so there's some of those in there too, but I don't call it a training. Mm-hmm. It's just an intensive. But there is, we are having a level two come out and we're calling that friends and family. So again, it's not like a professional level training, mm-hmm. but it, it's not sold as a professional level training. Mm-hmm. But the stuff in there is pretty heady. Yeah. Um, and so that will be uh, some other tips and tricks on how to, uh, you know, hang out with your pals if, if that's what you want to do, you know. Mm. 
And those those are really um really fun and you know, it's cool, you know, I was telling you talking about my integration circle, it's like many of the people in the integration circle have taken the course and mm-hmm. they share a language with each other and you know, sometimes they guide each other through the practices you know, mm-hmm. that they did in the training. And that's cool. And, you know, the signal chat, you know, there's a signal chat for the participants and it's not very active, but every once in a while, someone will pop something in there and that's pretty rad. Mm. And um, that's what I've got going on. And I'll coach you, you know, if you're tired of getting your ass kicked by your shadow, yeah. um, if you think the way that I talk speaks to you, mm-hmm. then come and talk to me for three months or something. Um, it might do you some good (laughs) it'll definitely do me some good um i get a lot out of my my clients i love them uh desperately Mm. um and each in a very unique way you know my heart opens for each of my clients in this very kind of sweet individualized um surprising way Mm. um so that's what i'm doing beautiful beautiful this is so great having you here daniel I'm just recapping, show up consistently. Imposter syndrome is a luxury. Those are my biggest takeaways from this. And um, and yeah, you know, this has been an interesting conversation about what integration really is and what it's all about. And, um, you know, it's it's. I'm going to be exploring a lot of this on the podcast because I know there's a lot of people starting to talk about this and look into this and a lot of people who want to become coaches or healers or integrate psychedelics into their work. So mm-hmm. Daniel, this is wonderful. Everybody check him out at Tam Integration. Definitely follow him on Instagram and buy um, my NFTs. Yes, the NFTs. Oh my God. I literally <laughs> woke up this morning thinking about NFT as I have no idea why, but I will not let myself buy any yet. Not yet. Don't get me so into that. Let, let one of mine be your first ones. Maybe actually that that I would feel good about. I'm just like, oh god, another another place to distract me and take me down another rabbit hole of excitement yeah. or not. Yeah, but it will ultimately and also to tag back, it will ultimately be dissatisfying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that makes me feel better. Best to not know about it. Daniel, thank you so much for being with us. And everybody, be sure to catch us on next week's episode when we have more on the psychedelic entrepreneur medicine for these times. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're feeling inspired, I'd appreciate it if you showed your love with a review. And check out my YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this podcast. You can also head to BethAWeinstein.com to learn more about me and grab my free business growth trainings. Remember, you carry your own unique medicine and your medicine is what we need for these times.